folks, we're back, boys. We're back, baby. This is episode 12 of the Down by Two podcast. I'm your host, Josh Elijah. To my right, as always, Mikey Fulmer. Michael, how are you? It's been a minute. It's been been a hot minute. It's been a minute since we've jumped on here, but it hasn't been a minute for for us hanging out during the summer. I was drinking lots of yups these last few weeks. (laughs) Couple yups down the gullet. Um, Miss tuning in with our listeners, though. I, I know. I know. It's just, man, honestly, here's the thing, especially throughout the summer months, it's always just there's so much going on. And now with the world opening back up, the last thing you want to do is listen to us ramble bullshit about some fucking sport that you're not even following, right? Yeah, it was kind of the perfect storm with, yeah. with playoffs with hockey and basketball and then summer hits. We go into phase three and yeah. now we're just trying to yeah. and enjoying ourselves a little bit. And that's it. Everything's just opening back up. People are getting vaxxed left, right, and center. So everyone's just, fuck it. Let's just have a couple pops. Uh, that's, I mean, at least that's what we've been doing. We've been up at the cottage or we just got back from Prince Edward County. Fucking couple wine tours as well. That was cute, wasn't it? What a hidden gem. Yeah. We'll have to touch on that. Prince Edward County. Rose Boy. That's what that was my new alter ego. He popped out for uh, a couple rounds at the at the, <laughs> at the, at the tours the tours that we went on. None uh, of them hit quite like a yup, but uh, lots of good spots up there. Highly yeah. recommend. But you can tell that we're kind of fishing for a Rose sponsor as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so reach out. Uh, man, yeah, that was actually a fun little trip. Um, you know, very, very cute spot. You know, it, was, it, was a, it was great to just kind of get away from London or get away from Toronto, just get away from any sort of city and, and get to some sort of small town feel and uh, just go check out some smaller businesses that are finally up and running. And yeah, we did like, we did a distillery tour. Uh, we, we did a bunch of breweries, bunch of wineries. It was just a couple nice. hidden gem ciders, cideries mm-hmm. that are popping up. Mm-hmm. Stock and row. That was one uh, for sure. Free ads. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's just what we've been up to. And you know what? Also, kind of just leading into this episode, uh, we've we've been sitting on this one. I've been I've been very anxious to release it, but I just wanted to kind of push it back so that it's a little bit closer, a little bit more relevant to the upcoming NFL season. Um, And so we we had it's coming in hot. It's coming. It's like a month before camp already. Yeah, no, for sure. They're starting to show up and whatnot. Um, but our guest that we had on the show, and I was obviously very, very stoked to have him on the show. He's a, he's an active member of the Los Angeles Rams. He's a strong safety. Terrell Burgess, number 26, baby, was on the show. Man, what a treat for me, especially, but you know, you as well as a football fan. It was, uh, it oh, was, it was incredible. Awesome to have them on the show. As um, per usual, I just love getting the story from, from beginning to where they are now. Exactly. Just kind of putting yourself in the, their shoes and seeing like what it took in, in Pee Wee yeah. at, in the high school level, scholarship, what the, what it's like playing in the Pac 12. It was just, Love going through that journey with them. It's amazing. I know. And like, and it was just to kind of get some of that backstory. And he was saying that he was more into ball, especially like as a younger kid as well. That's right. And so to That's see right. him kind of develop his, his skills and then uh, just go through that entire process to making it to uh, making it to the NFL, just an all around good kid. Like we got that good kid, but then he's also a good kid too, you know, <laughs> very good boy. 
See what uh, you did there. <laughs> uh, but man, yeah. Speaking about the upcoming NFL season, um, I guess we t- we touched on a couple things. Uh, won't dive too much into it, but we talked about that big blockbuster uh, Goff and Stafford trade. You know that just uh, basically our, both our teams swapping quarterbacks. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll definitely we jump into that. Talk to him about that a little bit as well. Um, but just I mean I guess right now what's what's the you know pressing news is uh, Aaron Rodgers with his presser and how he just <laughs> destroyed the Green Bay franchise. You know, first and foremost, he showed up to Green Bay. So his plan yeah. sounds like they're restructuring it as a, giving him a bunch of money this year. And I think they're going to go their separate ways next year. He that's just what roast, it seems like. He fucking roasted them, though. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He just lays it all on the table. Listen, the reality is no one in the organization has given me any say. And I'm essentially a superstar player with no say. And that's what they've been doing. So. Yeah. And, you know, nobody wants to come play for Green Bay. They want to come play with me because my name is Aaron Rodgers. And I am... I am the MVP. It's so brutally honest and it's it teeters on overly arrogant, but it's also true. Yeah. So I think I'm with him on it. Yeah. It's, I mean, like just said it out. It's it is. just not wrong. So it's it's just funny. He just lit that organization on fire. Oh, I can't wait till he walks next year though, and then <sighs> maybe the Lions can breathe. And they were just like yeah, and he's just like they don't get anyone anyone here to actually be able to play with me, and then uh, and then Green Bay's just like, oh, but we went and got you Cobb. <laughs> it's like, oh, cute. I feel like that's a spit back though. Yeah, they go and get Cobb, who's ninety nine years old, a shell of himself. <laughs> oh, here, man. there you go. You got Cobb in the slot now. Yeah. Fuck. Good for you. Um, Such an interesting situation over there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man. I'm just stoked for the NFL season to start. Yeah, more, I was just about to say that. More importantly, that's all the drama shit. I just mm-hmm. can't wait till kickoff. Oh. That oh. first, it's going to be a, probably a Thursday night early to mid-September. Spending every Sunday together on one or another's couch. It's going to be nice. I just literally bought a new couch just for that, uh, for when my girlfriend banishes me to the back room. Uh, so we yeah, Sundays are for the back don't room. Don't take over the big TV. Um, but yeah, man. So again, this is episode 12 of the Down by 2 podcast featuring Terrell Burgess of the Los Angeles Rams. Let's get it. All right, what can I get you? Hey, Bubs, I'll get a round of uh, fun waters for me and the boys. <laughs> okay, one round of alcoholic seltzers for the basic bro over here. Wait, what'd you just call me? Oh, well, you just ordered a round of seltzers. Wouldn't you rather a round of beers? Well, yeah, but I gotta work on my summer body, bro. Okay, okay, look, I get it. So you're looking for something light, right? Yup. Okay, something crisp? Yup. Super crushable? Yup. 100 calories, low in carbs. Double yup. <laughs> well, it sounds like you need a round of yups. I see what you did there. Is this where I say yup? <laughs> yup. Yup beer, made with all natural ingredients and only $1.85 a can. Available in over 200 locations across Ontario. Visit yupbeer.com to find a store near you.
We're here with a, uh, a very, very special guest and uh, completely stoked to have this guy on the show, uh, especially for me, as uh, if, if you know me, I am a, a huge huge Rams fan um, been a Rams fan back since I think it was the year 2000 when they won the Super Bowl um, back when they uh, they stopped the Titans at the the one yard line yeah you know the greatest show on turf hell of a game you know you got Marshall Falk and Tory Holt Isaac Bruce obviously Kurt Warner it was just uh, basically when I started watching football um, and been with the Rams ever since uh, so uh, we're absolutely honored to have uh, a member of the Rams Kurt roster on the show strong safety Terrell Burgess Terrell how you doing my man Doing well, doing well. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. Sorry, I mean, I'm 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 repping the Rams hard here. Uh, I got my I got my threads, uh, but maybe next time you're back on the show, it'll say Burgess on the back for sure. Uh, yeah, I would appreciate that. <laughs> this guy's yeah. a legitimate Rams fan too. He's not just putting on a show for you. He's, no. uh, he's diehard. Yeah, man. he's diehard. Uh, that's cool. I, I've, yeah. uh, I've turned into a big Rams fan myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. yeah, you grew up in California. Where who'd you grow up rooting for before uh, you got drafted by the Rams? So a lot of my family's from like this town called Sherman, like right outside of Dallas. So I grew up a Cowboys fan. My oh, okay. Whole, my whole family's still Cowboys fans. So, oh, but they're, okay. uh, they're not, they weren't very happy last year when we beat them in the first game. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll definitely get to all of that because I, I, I definitely want to go down your timeline. But um, maybe we, we like to start off with where it all started uh, for you, you know, growing up uh, Cali boy and whatnot. And, um, you know, how did you find that love for football? Um, you know, at what age did you, you know, start thinking that, you know, you definitely had a career or a, a future? Um, um, that's a great sport. question. Honestly, growing up, like, I feel like my brother was more of the football player and I was more of the basketball player. Like, I love playing basketball. I kind of just played football because he played it and I wanted to, you know, bond with him, I guess. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather played uh, football in the military as well. But, yeah, my, my brother kind of played. I was more of a basketball player up until about, like, sophomore year in high school. And then I realized I wasn't going to be taller than six foot, so I made a business decision, and I guess it worked <laughs> out for me. <laughs> well, what uh, what position did you play when it came to ball? Um, so basketball or football? Basketball. Basketball. Uh, yeah. I one and two. I played point and shooting guard. Kind of just I yeah. wasn't the tall. I was never the tallest, but I was always like one that could handle the ball. I guess. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was that was really fun. So were you a multi-star athlete? Like, were you getting recruited in both sports? I mean, you went to a Pac-12 school right so you must have been doing some damage on the football field was, was that the case for basketball as well uh no so i stopped playing basketball my freshman year in high freshman school. okay gotcha yeah, but i didn't really like football until like the end of my sophomore year because i kind of was like well it might work out for me so i as well just yeah. you know take it seriously Pro- yeah, <laughs> yeah you probably filled out a little bit more could play a little more physical and then the scouts started coming definitely definitely yeah no i uh i really i feel like i became like i wasn't like super physical in high school but i feel like i was Kind of, I don't want to, I, I, was, I wasn't better than everyone, but I was like, probably like a, I don't know. I guess I was a little bit more physical than some of the guys, but I had way more physical guys on my team than I was. So yeah, it was nice to be able to play with them. Were you always, uh, were you always defensive or did you, were you playing other positions? Um, like if you looked at my high school highlight tape, you would think I didn't play defense at all, but yeah, uh, I, mean, I played, honestly, I played mainly probably receiver, but I also played running back. Played quarterback a few plays, but nothing too crazy. But I did play defense for like I played receiver and corner like most of my life and all my years before. You see that a lot with a lot of recruits though, because the star players in high school go both ways, right? And then mm-hmm. once you get to the next level, you kind of tra- you you meet up with a lot of more competition, and sometimes you transition over to the defensive side and vice versa. Yeah. So that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I uh, I think I was recruited to Utah as an athlete, and actually my first first college game, I played receiver, and then the rest of it after that, I played defensive back. But awesome, it, it was nice. I enjoyed kind of like Richard uh, Richard Richard Sherman, right? Yeah, he, he went to Stanford, uh, played receiver even for a couple of years there, and then switched over. Switched over, and now he's one of the greatest corners ever played the game. Yeah, no doubt. Was uh, was Utah the only one that came calling in high school? I'm assuming you had a couple offers on the table. Uh, yeah, no, I had a few. I uh, I had a couple in the I had Wisconsin, Nebraska in the Big Ten, Boston College on the East Coast, and then yeah, I had probably a good amount of the Mountain West, San Diego State, Utah State. Um, I don't know a few other ones. I had like in the Pac-12, I had like Arizona, Utah, nice, uh, Oregon State. I don't know. I had a good amount. Crazy. I, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was me and Josh no were talking before uh, you came on, and Utah is kind of an underrated Pac-12 program. Like they they've been arguably the cream of the crop the last four or five years, or right there with. Like when you think Pac-12, you think USC, you think Oregon, but yeah. Utah, I mean, is neck and neck with them. I'd, I'd argue, anyways. Yeah. No, I definitely would agree. I mean, a lot of people kind of. So like Utah is just this school way over there, but no, I, I definitely feel like Utah is going to be a great school in the Pac-12 for for many years to come. Absolutely. What kind of drove that decision then for you to end up going to Utah? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember back in high school when I, I I took a visit there with my mom. I think it was I took like an unofficial visit there with my mom like the summer going into my senior year, and I loved it. Like I even ended up taking another official visit in the fall. And every time I was, go- I went on a different visit, I was always comparing it to Utah. And eventually, like, I was just like, oh, I feel like this is my heart trying to tell me something. And it's crazy because I almost didn't go there because they, uh, they were only taking one corner my senior year and somebody committed before I could. So it was kind of like my scholarship was gone, but then eventually they found a spot for me and I committed. That's so crazy. meant to be, yeah. I think it was meant to be. Well, let's talk a little bit about your, um, I guess, just kind of uh, growing in that in that system. You know, very like a powerhouse defensive uh, mm-hmm. team and whatnot. Let's uh, talk about your experience with Utah and, and how you grew as a player. Yeah, hey, uh, I feel like I learned a lot. Like I, I was a decently smart football player in high school, but I feel like once I got to college, I really started to understand the game of football and a lot of things. I have to give a lot of you know credit to my coaches there at Utah. All the coaches do really well in teaching you a lot of things like that. So. My career at Utah was great. Um, I definitely wish I would have played a little bit more probably sooner. But, you know, I wouldn't change, you know, where I'm at for the world now. Absolutely. I love being here in L.A. But, yeah, no, I I learned a lot in in Utah. And I think, you know, going from, you know, from freshman year to playing a couple positions to being able to learn other ones and getting to my senior year and being able to probably play any position on the defensive backfield, even Mm -hmm. though I only played a couple of them, it, it it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that must have looked good to scouts too when they see you can move around a little bit. Oh, definitely. I I think yeah. that was definitely my uh, my selling point to a lot of teams and why they they were uh, interested in me. Uh, my versatility, I guess you could say. So it's a huge factor now. Just for sure. Swiss yes. Army knife. That's, uh, like, that's like what people aim for now. Nowadays, yeah. so it's, it's nice. Well, um, I guess just that the whole road leading up to, you know, draft day and then being able to, um, you know, obviously, you know, all the way from getting that call from the Rams um, and and just going through the whole process, going through the combine, kind of walk us through that. What are your experiences? Um, you know, some of, some of the highlights of it, some of the some of the low points. Bring us through all those emotions. 
Ooh, okay. This is uh, this is a wild one. <laughs> this, yeah, uh, obviously, loaded. it's going to be a lot to unpack. But man, we we, we got to know. I remember like the summer going into my senior season at Utah. I was talking to a few of my teammates, and we would talk about like how we just felt like, oh, well, I just know, like, you know, regardless of not being not starting until my senior year, I know that like if you know if a team gave me an opportunity to come into a mini camp, I would be able to make the team. I know like I'm confident in my abilities, be able to make the team. And then as the senior season went on. I started to feel like, oh, like this could really be like, you know, a good chance, you know, and, you know, I started to get more looks and my, my, my DC and the safeties coach, he was telling me, he was like, yeah, teams are starting to take notice. The head coach was telling me like multiple coaches started telling me and I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is going to be a chance, you know, this, this thing could happen. Mm-hmm. And November comes around and like senior bowl. And I remember, I remember in the, this is actually really funny. I remember in the summer I was talking to an agent and he told me if I wasn't on, I didn't end up going with him, by the way. I won't say his name, but he told me if I wasn't on uh, the senior bowl list, like the pre, like the preseason list, don't expect to get an invite. So me, I took that as like fuel to the fire. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you know, whatever. And there was like five of my teammates on the list. So November mm-hmm. comes around and it actually was on my birthday. I remember I went to the office of the head coach and he hands me an invite to the senior bowl. And I was like, whoa, like this is yeah. crazy. Like starting to get real. Yeah, it's starting wow. to get real. Like, what are the odds? You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking I'm not going to get one. And then that happened, and I guess it was just up from there. And you know, and this, I think it was like the day after, the day after uh, our final our bowl game, I got the combine invite, and it was just crazy. But then that happens. Go, I get out to, I came and trained in Orange County. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Went to the Senior Bowl, had a good Senior Bowl. I feel like I d- definitely could have gone better. Went to the combine, and everything's going well until my second forty. I pull my hammy. And like, I remember the first 40, like I ran, I didn't feel like I ran that fast. And I came back and the guys were like, Oh yeah, you ran a four, four, nine. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't feel like I was running fast. And yeah. The second one comes up and I'm like sprinting, like as fast, obviously as fast as I can go. And I could like feel my legs just picking up, picking up, picking up. Mm. And I knew I ran faster. And like, right as I crossed like the 40 yard line or wherever the 50 yard line, cause they started the 10, I think. Um, I just feel like this, it feels like a, somebody just socks me right in my left leg. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't want to say it popped, Damn. but it kind of like just like it was probably one of the most painful things I've ever had. But obviously, besides my ankle, but yeah, yeah. And so that was like, oh shoot! Like I can't do the drills, can't show the teams that, can't show the team back and still run around. But and I was lucky enough to still get drafted, and I actually once I was better, I was able to show video and and uh, be able to show that I could still move around. Were you able? To, so after the hammy, were you able even to do a, a pro day like at, in Utah, or were you done? So they, so I was done. Oh, I mean, I was going to come back for pro day, but they canceled our pro day like two days before. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Cause usually you get a second shot at your, at your school's pro day. Right. Yeah. So I was definitely planning on doing it and then they canceled it. So I was like, Oh shoot, like got to make a video. So I made a video and sent it out to teams. And then the draft comes around and me, you know, being, you know, as, conservative i can be i'm thinking like you know only starting one year i'm not expecting to get drafted very high my agent was telling me one thing and i'm like okay like that'd be cool pretty cool like just even get an opportunity i would be happy with mm-hmm. and i remember the first day of the draft i knew i wasn't going the first day so i wasn't really worried about it. the second day i knew there was a chance but i wasn't too worried about it but then like you know i'm never gonna get mad about somebody else's success but i you know sometimes you feel like you know you're better than somebody else yeah but it's like Things happen. So I was like happy for people. And like, it kind of got to the end of the night 
And I remember my family, it was like a hundred pick had just happened. And there's only like six more picks or five or six more picks left in the <laughs> third round. And my family's out in the living room and I can hear them talking like, oh yeah, what are we going to have breakfast in the morning? Because Charles probably not going to go tonight. And I'm Shit. hearing them like count me out. I'm like, yeah. dang, like you guys already count me out. Six picks left. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember my phone started buzzing and it said Thousand Oaks, California. And instantly I was like, wow, I'm going to be in California. Like, this is crazy. Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It, it, it was wild because I remember like throughout the whole, like the reason I left California for college was because I kind of felt like I wanted to be away from home. And even throughout my draft process, I'm like, oh, I just want to be you know, out of California a little bit. You know what I mean? I still want to be away from home. But once that phone started ringing, all that went out the window. I didn't even yeah. care. I was so happy to be here. My family could come watch me play. So yeah. I, I'm really excited. Really was overcoming emotions. I was crying, like all of it. It was. Oh, I seen oh, the video. I seen the video on social media. It's yeah. life changing. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, Absolutely, it was a great experience. I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Oh, yeah, so for real. I you, love that. That's the best part of doing these uh, these interviews with some athletes, hearing about the draft process and that life changing moment. It's. I don't know it's it's awesome. Did you think that uh, that it was going to be the Rams? Did you did you think that you were actually going to Cali, or did were you maybe expecting some other teams to potentially pick you? Uh, were you I guess were you talking to other teams? I think yeah, I was talking to I guess quite a few teams. I, I feel like I just like I don't know what it was, but in my head I kind of just felt like I was going to be on the East Coast somewhere. I don't know why. Like I just felt like oh, I'm going to be in the cold somewhere on the East Coast, mm-hmm. and like looking back. Like, I probably should have known that the, the Rams were really interested in me. I definitely had multiple interviews with them, like, and more than I probably any other team. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, you hear stories about guys that don't even talk to the team mm-hmm. that they're drafted by at all. So it's like, I didn't know. But looking back, I feel like I should have known that the Rams were pretty interested in me. And obviously, I'm happy to be here. So I'm excited to, to see what the future has in store. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, obviously, yeah, uh, we are stoked to have you. Um, I mean, like, he's not a Rams fan, but definitely, no, definitely. I'm a, you, I'm a, if you can see that, you guys took my, uh, you took my, my fucking quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Jared's going to do really well over there, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know what? He, he, he took a lot of heat mm-hmm. and unnecessary heat, too. He's still a young quarterback with a lot of potential. He's a top pick. He's there's the talents there. Number one overall pick led the team to the, to the, you know, the Super Bowl before. Yeah. So I think, I think he's going to do well in Detroit. And yeah. uh, I'm excited for him. It was a, in a mutually beneficial, uh, trade yeah. i mean not to start breaking down that trade no no well yeah let's i want to break it down <laughs> can you shed a little maybe a little bit more light on what kind of uh even person or player that detroit's going to be getting in jared goff i think they'll definitely get a you know great quarterback he got great touch on the ball you know what i'm saying he's a smart football player i'd say from my experience I, mean, I was only with him for like six months i remember watching him at cal other than the game he played against utah on uh, college game day i yeah. think he played pretty well at cal for him to be the number one overall pick but uh, I'm excited for him. I think he's going to do really well. I feel like I feel like a lot of people kind of think he's like kind of has his back against the wall, and I feel like that's kind of where he thrives when he's kind of under under a microscope, kind of back you know back against the the ropes. So I think mm-hmm. he's uh, he's going to do really well. He kind of got put in a position in L.A. after you guys didn't they didn't finish the job with the Super Bowl. That it's like he needs to be 35 touchdowns, five picks, a season superstar, yeah, or yeah. it's a failure. So I, I think a fresh start for him is going to be good. 100%. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, uh, quarterback's a hard position to play. That's why I do my best not to not to criticize them because I yeah. can. There's a reason why I'm not playing. Them. Yeah. 
That's why they make all that money too. That's that's right. <laughs> I mean, other than that, yeah, that, that part, yeah. yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on uh, Stafford though. Um, yeah, I guess you guys just finished OTAs. Was he out there working working with you guys? You got to see him up close and see him spinning it or what? Yeah, he's he's got great touch on the ball. I feel like he puts puts it in a place where you know only his receivers can get it. Obviously, you know, we're uh, during training camp, we're going to do our best to get it out get it out of there, but. I think he, he's got a great touch on the ball. He's a great leader so far from what I've seen, and I'm excited to get to work with him and go against him in practice. Did you get any picks on him in the last uh, last month? So I didn't really go through OTAs. I'm still like probably like 90 95% with my ankle. Right, right, right. I'm excited for, for camp. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Um, so maybe let's bring it back to like we're, we're talking just after draft day and then you know you're working out with the squad and you're getting you're getting accustomed to um you know just overall rams culture and whatnot and then uh just that first game i i, I love that you mentioned that you know that you're a cowboys fan and all your family or like your family growing up as as cowboy fans as whatnot and then that was the first game um you know of, of your career uh, just walk us through some of those some of those highlights and you know stepping onto that that sofi stadium field for the first time and uh you know let's just walk us through all that because that's got to be incredible yeah. well for starters i'll definitely say it's it's weird playing in front of no fans yeah uh, that is probably oh, the, the that. Yeah, it's never nuts. thought that i'm sitting there like oh i'm playing for the fans it was obviously your first game on, too it was, like, it was crazy like you know going mm-hmm. to the nfl like you lived for that moment and it was like having no fans in the sand is crazy second i've never been one to really get starstruck you know but um i'll be honest when i was jogging around the field for warm-ups and I saw Jerry Jones saying that I was like, "Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Like, this is the real deal." You know what I mean? So that was a that was a pretty cool experience. And uh, I don't know. That was it was great to be able to you know have my first NFL win, be against the team that I grew up watching. And I'm excited to play them again in any in any, in any shape or form whenever it happens again. But yeah. it was it was a crazy experience, and I I'm glad that you know it, you know maybe the COVID rookie year was a little different, but I'm glad that. It happened, and I'm excited for year two. Absolutely, and like man, a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, Rams fans as well, very excited to to have you and, and and draft you and whatnot, and you know, a lot of upside, a lot of promise and whatnot. But then, um, you know, unfortunately, seven games in, you know, mm-hmm. especially starting to play uh, like really good, and even that game against the Bears, like you were having a pretty good game as well, and then it all kind of came crashing down with that leg injury where you broke mm-hmm. your ankle. So, uh, just kind of walk us through that as well. I mean, that's got to be just utterly crushing yeah i uh i remember going through the game and i think it was like every time i came to the sideline someone was like Troy, you're playing really well you know like keep going like i was i was just feeling good like on special teams i was you know making blocks i was you know i had a, i think i had a couple tackles on special teams or a couple tackles on defense and i was just like having fun out there mm-hmm. absolutely I was just playing, playing well i guess and i remember I remember we had just given up like a deep pass. I don't remember what coverage we were in. I think we might've been in cover four or something. Mm-hmm. And we just given up a deep pass. And then like, I was like, I'm thinking in my head, cause I'm usually a conservative football player. I don't like to put myself in situations where I can get hurt, but at the same time you gotta do what you gotta do. And mm-hmm. I remember like David Montgomery was coming through the hole and I'm like, Oh shoot, someone's got to stop him. So I just get in there and you know, my leg gets stuck you know, under me, whatever. And everything happens. And I remember going back to the x-ray room and I'm like, please be a roll ankle. Please. But I'm looking at my ankle, and I'm like, there's no way. You know, hey, you know bro, roll like, I remember feeling it, everything. And the first x-ray didn't show a break. And I'm like, okay, a little promising. Second x-ray didn't show a break either. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's, you know, high ankle sprain, pretty bad, whatever. 
then the third break, it was, you know, snap. My people was snap, and I was like, yeah, that's a little shitty. But it's okay. You know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Just being able to be on that, you know, and the um, the medical staff for the Rams, obviously, I mean, like, you know, being able to uh, bring you back to full health, how you're feeling now. Um, you're feeling great. You said you're about 95%. Yeah, no, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm at, uh, it's, it's weird. Like, I remember the first day I was able to walk, and I feel like I was doing pretty well in, in the regards to, how do I say this, in regards to, like, I don't want to say masking, like, how I was feeling. But I didn't mm-hmm. think I was like that hurt. Like I was, I was pretty hurt. Obviously, I hate watching. But once the first day I was able to walk, like I really was like overcome with emotions, and I was like, "Wow, like this is, this is a crazy thing." And like now, you're back, baby. It's I'm back to like walking being like second nature. And I think I'll never, I'll never take walking for granted ever again. <laughs> I think I'm, every time I'm out somewhere or doing something, someone's like, "Oh, you want to sit down?" I'm like, "No, I'm like grateful to be able to stand on two feet." So. It's crazy, but uh, yeah, no, I'm ex- I'm excited for for the future. Yeah, yeah that's a great per- great perspective too. Healthy way to look at it, right? Yes, sir, definitely, absolutely. Well, I mean, we we I I, I got to talk, you know, especially because yeah. like I'm just such a such a big Rams fan, and I, I I gotta I gotta ask you about your relationship with uh you know with head coach you know with with McVeigh, you know one of the more young dynamic coaches in the league, and uh, just just share some of your insights on you know what it's like you know being coached by by McVeigh. I think it's I think it's honestly great. I feel like before you get to the NFL, a lot of people tell you like it's all a business and it's all about money, it's all about this, mm-hmm. and even like college, the camaraderie is a little different. And I feel like everybody's telling you like it's not going to be the same way, so be prepared. And I feel like I came to the perfect possible team. I feel like it's definitely more family atmosphere here than other places. Obviously, I haven't been to other places. But I've had you know, friends on the, on this team, other team, and they're like, oh, you're lucky. You're lucky to be there in L.A. Had guys get cut, and they were, like, praying that they didn't get picked up in those two days because they wanted to come back on the practice squad. And I'm like, yeah. wow, that's that's a little different to hear. So I, yeah. Yeah. I really think it's great here. Sean, he's a great coach, and I'm, you know, I'm lucky to be able to learn from him in any way I can and, you know, scheme his offense in practice any way I can as well. He's a smart coach, and I'm excited. Uh, to get back out there and, and pick them yeah. up. Yeah, you know, that, that is mutually beneficial. I never thought about it like that with like how dynamic his offense is and his creativity. It's mm-hmm. top-notch. So you get to practice against that all week, every week, right? So yeah. it probably brings out the best in the, on both sides of the ball. Oh, definitely, definitely. He's a, he's, he's a great coach. He's a great guy, too. He's a, he's, he's a talkative one, too. So I'm excited to be able to, to get back to work. Was it uh, was it pretty shocking lining up when you were when you were playing last year and looking out out to your right or your left and seeing Jalen Ramsey and then seeing uh, probably going to go down as one of the greatest defensive players, players of all time it, with Donald out front? That, yes, that's not be nuts. That doesn't happen every day. No one, not a lot of people are blessed with that opportunity, right? You're right, you're right. And uh, both of the both of them are you know, they're great human beings as well as great players. And I'm I'm just lucky to be able to say that I played on the same team as them. They. Uh, they both play very well, top of their positions, and I'm just mm-hmm. glad to be able to learn from them as a, not only uh, a player on the field, but also just a professional in, in that aspect. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to get to work again. No doubt. And then you're looking at like safeties as well. I mean, like, well, how's your relationship with like Fuller and, and, and Rap and, and, and like those, those got to be your boys as well? Yeah, oh, definitely. I feel like we, I feel like we have a really tight group. Uh, on the Rams, I feel like our defensive back like core, we're really tight. I feel like we always are cracking jokes, making jokes together. It's funny because mm. at the combine, 
because I, like I said, I, I pulled my hammy. I was like one of the last people on the field, like walking off. And Jordan was actually the last person on the field with me. We're walking off together. Little did we know we were going to be on the same team. Oh, that's nuts. Three months later. So it's crazy. But, you know, we've definitely become, we've come like pretty close, like while we've been here. And honestly, like all the DBs, we're really close. And I'm just, we always like hang out after or like outside of the facility. So it's, it's nice. And um, I'm excited to see what this season has in store. I feel like we're really going to have a nice tight group and, the tighter you get, I feel like the, the better you play and the more comfortable you come with people, it just it brings out the best in everyone. Well, it is definitely going to be an interesting year, especially, you know, now you have um, a new defensive coordinator. I think it's uh, like the, the third in three years. You got Raheem Morris now. And, yeah. uh, you know, what are your first um, your first, uh, I guess, impressions of uh, of your new defensive coordinator? He is a wild human being. <laughs> he is, yeah. uh, he's a great coach from what, I, from what I've encountered so far, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to be able to learn from him. But he's, he's a loud guy, talks a lot. He's, he's always young. I love it. It's, uh, it's great to be able to find him. That's not to say, you know, Staley wasn't great. Staley was great as well. I love that man mm-hmm. as well. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what, what happens with Coach uh, Morris. Yeah, for sure. Would you say that any of the um – like who on the rap on the Ram squad uh, would you say was kind of taking over that that mentor sort of uh, role maybe for you? You know, joining the joining the Rams. I actually, you know, I definitely believe that I learned a lot from uh, JJ, who is now obviously you know with the Browns, but I definitely learned a lot from him. Um, being able to work like outside of the facility, I learned a lot from like Mike Kaiser and Nick Scott. Being able to work out with them, like at proactive here in Thousand Oaks, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say those three guys are probably the most I've, I've learned the most from, um, nice. in regards to like, you know, the way the, the NFL works. And I think I'm just, I hope that I'm able to, you know, be a mentor for the younger guys that come in for years to come. Absolutely. I love that, man. Love that. Yeah. I got a thousand questions for you. I'm just trying to pick which ones, uh, which ones, <laughs> I guess, uh, one, one that came to mind before you came on was, uh, what moment in those uh, would you get seven games in before you got hurt last year? Yeah, I got something hurt like that. that. In those seven games, at w- which moment when you lined up against a receiver, which person was it that you lined up against that you're like, "Holy shit!" I'm gonna have to text my boys about this after the game's uh-huh. done. Uh, like uh-huh. another kind of awestruck moment. I, I think I feel like everybody's good, and I, I I definitely don't fear anybody when it comes to anything. I no doubt. But I'd say it was pretty cool to be able to line up against George Kittle. He was a great tight end. I feel like he's going to be great for years to come as well. And I'm excited to be able to go against him. But yeah, so I'd probably say him. I didn't go up against too many receivers this past year, but I, sh- you know, we'll see what happens this, this next season. Yeah. No, yeah. Kittle, you get him twice a year on the inside. He's a, he's definitely a handful. He can do it all. Oh, yeah. he, he's got great effort, great tight end, got great hands. He can run too, so yeah, he's he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Well, well, just even looking forward to the twenty twenty one season. Um, like, what what can Rams fans be excited about? Um, you know, what can we look forward? Even coming from you, or just coming from a team altogether? Um, it's a great question. I keep saying that, but yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I say that uh, we're hungry. I feel like you know we. We didn't we didn't finish the way we wanted to last year. Obviously, anybody who doesn't win the Super Bowl doesn't finish the way they want to. But mm-hmm. I really feel like we got a great shot. We always got we got a great shot every year, but I think we got a real good shot to to make a run for it all this year. And let's look for the defense to be uh, number one in the in the league again this year. Fucking love it. Yeah, man. That 
Your division, I mean, with the Seahawks and oh, San Fran and Arizona, oh. that's must-see TV every Sunday. It's I, I'd argue that's the hardest division in football. I don't even know if that's arguable. It's, that's it is. Well. It speaks for itself. I, I, definitely, I definitely believe it is the hardest division in football. A lot of people will say, like, the Browns, uh, Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals, but, you know, every, no. everybody's good. No chance, France. No. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think it's the NFC West is uh, the cream of the crop right now for sure. I agree. Just to uh, kind of switch pace here a little bit, and I love that you said that, uh, you know, you're big on the ball, and so are we. Um, watching, you know, NBA right now, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I know you got a lot on your plate, and you're super busy, but are you following the playoffs right now? Who do you like? Do you have any takes right now? We, we, we can switch it away from NFL because we always love talking ball as well. Yeah, no, so I, I grew up a Kobe Bryant fan, so I've always been a Lakers fan my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm sad to see them out, but, you know, it's, I think – Right now, Sun Squad's I'm good. Nice, Sun Squad's good. There's two two series right now that they were down. You know, the Clippers were down 2-0, and the Bucks were down 2-0. Now they both came back. So I'm really interested in seeing how the, the Nets and Bucks series finishes out. Yeah. You know, the Bucks being so good on defense, and them coming back from 2-0. And then I think James Harden's cleared to play tonight. Yeah, so he is. Let's see what happens. And then yeah. with the Clippers and Jazz, you know, the Cl- Jazz being the number one team in, in the league right now. And the Clippers and, you know, Kawhi Leonard going off. PG played really well last night. So, I think those two series I'm really interested in. CP3 and Devin Booker are playing absolutely insane right now for the Suns. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm watching all three, all the series. But yeah. I'm really interested in the Bucks nets series right now, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, through the first two games of the Nets series, you thought it was going to be a, a sweep. They were I dominating, but Definitely. Kyrie goes down, and all of a sudden, things are yeah. looking real good for uh, the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, James no. better be healthy going into that. Otherwise, you know, it could, it, it could see themselves down real oh, quick. Definitely. Yeah, if James Harden better better play his butt off and to make sure it's all right. Because I, I don't know. I'm not going to make any predictions, but I feel <laughs> like if James doesn't play, it might be a wrap yeah. for the Nets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they've been locking it down pretty good. The Bucks have. I mean, yeah, because if if Durant, like if if Durant doesn't have Harden and and Kyrie, then he's arguably playing with like one of the worst squads that he's had to team up with. Yeah, <laughs> in the playoffs or the regular yeah. season, like they, they have a good team. Like they play really well. Like what was his name Joe Harris is probably yeah. one of the best three point shooters in the yep. in the NBA. So I Sweet mean, stroke. if they would have had Spencer Dinwiddie, I think I think we'd be having a different conversation right now. But yeah, that hurt them early on in the season. I hurt my fantasy too. Yeah, um, <laughs> I hurt probably a lot of people's fantasy teams. So yeah. I definitely think that I think they have a good, like, a decent team. But I think for that next level, they might need you know, a few people. Yeah. So. And um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Utah and uh, and Clippers series as well, which is uh, you know that's interesting. But um, do you have a soft spot for the Jazz because you went to Utah, or do you uh, not really give a shit about them? <laughs> like most of the league does but like i think they're fun to watch i love the players on their team i wouldn't say i have a soft spot but i definitely enjoyed you know watching them play when i was in utah still yeah. like watching them play now but i definitely you know being a lakers fan yeah i don't like that you know everybody i know from utah thinks that the jazz is the best team that ever ever you know ever so I'm not saying <laughs> i want them to lose i want them to do well yeah but I, I hope i hope for a good series at the end that's, what, yeah. that's all i can say those jazz fans are still bitter. They couldn't get one with uh, Malone and Stockton. Exactly. They're yeah. definitely still bitter about that. Always. Yeah. They'll always be bitter about, yeah. you know, with everything that happened with Michael too. So, yeah. mm-hmm. or whatever. 
it's going to be an interesting series. And you know, with with Kawhi as well, you don't want to you don't want to go down or uh, when Kawhi's down two games, that's when you know you're in trouble because we're actually up here in Toronto um, mm-hmm. or just outside of Toronto here. So uh, having Kawhi, you know, he was uh, he was down two nothing against the Bucks that that year that he ended up winning the championship. So yeah. and then he was down mm-hmm. two games against the Mavs and he's down two games against the Jazz. He keeps coming back. So uh, so they better watch out. Yeah, no, I definitely need to watch out for them. He's he's playing he's playing his butt off right now. All right. Well, uh, again, that's uh, Terrell Burgess, strong safety for the Los Angeles Rams. My Los Angeles Rams, uh, <laughs> dude. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, any last words before uh, before we sign off here? Um, watch the Rams this season. We're yeah, we will. We will every Sunday. And thank you guys for having <laughs> me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute pleasure. Appreciate it, Terrell. Sir, no problem. And that should do it. Once again, that was Terrell Burgess. Uh, just amazing to have him on the show. Really pumped that we were actually able to uh, get someone uh, that is active in um, not only on my favorite team, but uh, in the NFL as well. Because, you know, we, we've had a few uh, players that, you know, have, have retired, just even recently retired um, and have had an amazing career. But it's great to get the perspective of someone who's actively in the league. After chatting with that guy, would you think that he could come across the middle and take your head off? Because he just seems like a quiet, right? soft-spoken guy. Well, man, like I was saying, like I'm just excited to see his growth and his emergence even this year. Because especially coming off that injury, like he's fired up and ready to go, and uh, definitely going to be someone that I'm watching. Uh, but you're right, like just even just by his demeanor, just yeah. like a, just a fucking solid good dude. And uh, but uh, man, I bet he's got that killer mentality. Yeah, they like what they've seen. So he said he's going to be. He's ho- he wasn't ready for mini camp, but he's, he should be ready to go for mm-hmm. for preseason. So keep an eye out for Burgess. It's uh, my boy Burgie. It's, it's exciting getting these guys on that you can kind of yeah. tune in when they're playing and just kind of kind of feel like you have the inside scoop on them. Well, you know, hopefully, I mean, maybe I can try and get someone on the lines as well. We'll try and fish around or even to our listeners, if there is, a, you know, a team that you follow um, and you would like us to even get like a recent or or current player uh let us know what your teams are we'll we'll try to see who we can get on we're just we just want to have interesting people uh that uh, that can jump on our show uh but moving moving right along um we actually we got to get some dinner together because uh we, we got the nba draft coming up pretty soon here by the time that this episode is out uh the fate of our franchise uh or the future of our franchises will be determined uh by the time this episode is released yeah fuck me i hope the pistons this this Cade Cunningham has to be the guy to uh, turn this ship around because it's been a drag the last decade. You should feel very good with Cade. And I think it's already confirmed that, you know, that I think Detroit is taking him. Yeah. So, the yeah, last, the last, what, the last little rumor mill we've seen was Houston was trying to trade into that. But yeah. I don't think they're, I don't no. think they're sending that number one pick. He's, he's the bona fide number one. So mm-hmm. you got to take him and see what he can do for you. And then the Raptors coming in at number four. Um, Man, correct me if I'm wrong. No, yeah, last time we had the the fourth pick, we ended up with Chris Bosh. So it would be uh, it would be nice to uh, get someone. I mean, I mean, it looks. I hope. I really hope that we take Jalen Suggs. I think that's who we're going to end up with. I think the Raptors are set on that. Um, it could. It, it all depends though whether or not Cleveland what they decide to do. If they're going to maybe take Mobley or if they're going to go Suggs, and then we'll take. Uh, just you have to take the best player that's on the board at that point. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think uh, Cleveland acquired Ricky Rubio today in a trade. Not that that matters at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're trying to. 
Well, then, I mean, like, without getting too much into it, like, what I was kind of hoping is that, you know, if the Raptors end up getting Suggs um, and, you know, they still have a question mark at their five spot, they've been eyeing down Jared Allen. And I think that would be great for our franchise as well. So, um, you know, it's 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 draft night. So we're going to we're going to go have a couple uh, cook up some supper. It's supper time. And uh, and then, yeah, we're going to enjoy the draft. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gotta love me some supper time. Guy's uh, hungry. I am so hungry. Uh, um, but yeah, so our next episode that will be coming out, uh, we got another special guest coming on the show. We're going to leave it at that. Just that. Uh, good pal of mine. So stoked to have him on the show. Uh, so stay tuned. We're going to be covering that basketball season, wrapping up the NBA and looking forward to, you know, what, what the, uh, what the upcoming season has in store for everyone. Uh, but for, uh, for Josh, Elijah, Mike Fulmer, this is the down by two podcast, like share, subscribe, all that good shit. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Talk to you soon. Have a great summer. Cheers. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.